Dear beloved, the message you're about to listen to is brought to you by MICC Global. It is a church full of believers who are learning of Jesus and living for Jesus. Open up your hearts as you are about to be changed, transformed and renewed by the Word of God. You definitely need to grab your Bible and notepad because Jesus is ready to speak directly to you. Now, the ministry of the lead pastor, MICC Global, Reverend Ulushola Olayemi.
offer you honor. We offer you acknowledgement. We give you respect. We give you our reverence. We acknowledge you, Lord. We testify of your excellent greatness. Of your supremacy, of your absoluteness, we recognize you are Alpha and you are Omega, the beginning and the ending, the very first and the very last. You are the image of the invisible God. The firstborn among all creation. By you all things were made. That are in heaven. And that are on the earth. Visible. Invisible. Thrones. Dominions. Principalities, powers, all things were made by you and for you. And you were before all things. And in you all things consist. In all things you have preeminence. 
Boldly we have come this morning to acknowledge that outside you there is nothing. That apart from you there is nothing. That without you there is nothing. Indeed who is like you? Who can compare? All things are, all things are simply because you say they should be. And if today you say any should seize, they have no choice but to seize. We give you honor. We will give we will never give such acknowledgments to any man. We will not give acknowledgement as such to anything. We declare that this kind of honor and praise belongs exclusively to you. So take the glory. Take the honor. Thank you, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Thank you, Lord. Thank you. confidently and boldly declare Lord Jesus that the next few minutes of meditation in the word are totally hallowed unto you yes. in the name of the Lord Jesus let them be used for your people to hear what you have appointed for them to hear yes. and of the things that you have provided for them to live by Make our meditation in the word of God this morning indeed accurate to your purposes. Let it be devoid of personal opinion. Let it be free of personal biases. Let no expression of the flesh find a way into our meditation. What you have done for us is too glorious. For us to compromise on it. We pray this morning. That you bring us into a greater and a fuller acknowledgement. Of what you have done for us. That each and every one of us may indeed reflect with a greater magnitude. The truth 
of your victory for us. Thank you, Lord. Make it simple. Make it clear. Spirit of the Lord, use it to glorify Jesus. Let every heart have a divine tune ringing in it. Let every heart indeed Receive more of the activity of the Spirit this morning. And we all will be edified, even as your name is glorified. Now in the midst of this meeting, we declare that the power of God is present to heal. Therefore, even as the ministration of the word goes on by the Spirit, Healings will be actualized. Amen. Deliverance is effected. Amen. People will walk out on long-standing problems. Amen. Difficulties will dematerialize. Amen. And the people will enjoy absolute freedom. Amen. Jesus is glorified. Thank you, precious Lord. It is so. We have spoken thus of your word in the name of Jesus Christ. All of God's people say, All of God's people, a louder amen. All of God's people, a resounding yes. Glory to King Jesus. Please go ahead and be seated. Hallelujah. Thank you. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Good morning, precious people of God. Now, this morning I want to talk, want us to go through certain meditations in the word that I have entitled, Our Life of Glory. Hallelujah. We're going to be looking into scripture and seeing certain things that we entitled Our Life of Glory. Hallelujah. The two are so major things that this meditation is meant to do for us. Number one is to awaken us to the truth that we are people of glory. Hallelujah. We are people of his glory. Amen. And as a matter of fact, for us to be so conscious of that truth to the point, and this is the second one, that we actively press into that life of glory, making up our minds to fully experience and express what that glory really has brought into our lives. Hallelujah. We are people of glory. 
Hallelujah. You are glorious. If you are born again, you're a child of God. This is a believer's meeting. You are a glorious person. Hallelujah. You are glorious. You are, you carry his glory. Doesn't matter how the experiences of life have been. The experiences of your life are not the source of your lessons on spiritual things. His word is the source by which you get informed on the truth of your life. Hallelujah. It is not the experiences or the circumstances of life that educate you on the quality of your being. Please take note of that. It is not the experiences. It is not the circumstances. It is not what you contend with on a daily basis that inform you of the reality of the quality of your life, of who you are. It is the word of God. Hallelujah. This is why in my own little understanding, I never tell people that it is because you have uh, a great destiny that the devil is coming hard against you. I cannot look at the devil and from the devil tell you who you are in Christ. Hallelujah. No. You must understand that whether or not things are simple, easy, hard, difficult, you gain your knowledge of the character of your life as a Christian from what the scriptures say. Hallelujah. You are who the Bible says you are. You are not who 2024 tells you you are. Hallelujah. You are who the word of God says you are. And you have what 20, you have what the scriptures say you have. You are not what your experience tells you you are. Amen. And this is important because what God has made, made available to us through the sacrifice of Jesus is so vast, is so vast, impactful, so vast and all-encompassing, so vast, and superfluous in its effects, so vast that I fear many times when we get to heaven, we will discover that we only were able to scratch the surface of what indeed he has made available to us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You are too glorious. Too glorious to act and live the ordinary life. You are too invested with his glory. The glory with which he has invested your life is too mighty 
for you to live the life of a victim. For you to live the life of weakness. It's time to take your eyes off what the economy is saying and look into what the word has said about you. Nothing in this world is powerful enough to crumble that glory that he has placed inside of you. Hallelujah. And so I just want to show you some scripture this morning to let you know that. And also to help you understand because it's important for your Christian to have this settled in your heart. That the glory of your life is such that cannot be stolen. I know many of us have heard about a glory that was stolen. The unfortunate thing is that that entire discourse, that entire narrative is always linked to the issues of ephemeral things. You find it difficult to move to the next level in education and somebody links it to a glory that has been stolen. You find it difficult to get a job and somebody links it to a glory that has been st stolen. Finding it hard to have, uh, to have a spouse, to have a home, to have a child, and somebody links it to a glory that has been stolen. Hallelujah. Well, in the real sense of it, your glory with which he has glorified you cannot be stolen. The only thing that can happen is that you can be so ignorant of it you can be completely ignorant of it that you live as though you had no glory to your life. The other thing is that you could choose to live apart from it. But that somebody can stop it or tie it down or remove it from you is not the truth of scripture. Somebody say amen. So again, I'm talking to believers in this place this morning because I feel that one of the reasons why the Lord wants us to look into this and to embrace it is that the Lord sees a lot of us who feel, who think ourselves to be nothing and no one and weak when in fact he has equipped you with his glory to live by. There are no weaklings. God has given birth to no weaklings. Did you hear that? God has no weakling children. God has no pitiful children. Please pity me. No, nobody will pity you. Because God has no children that are pitiful or pitiable. Rather, what God has given you is what will make you enviable. If only you can walk in it. Glory to God. Are you with me this morning? It's time for us. God is, God is saying, I've given you this thing. Come on, come on, wake up, behave like it. You carry it, you have it. It's been given to you. There's no need to be afraid. 
There is no need to hide. You can't even be defeated. There's no need to allow darkness shine, or rather, outclass you. You carry the glory. And rather than many Christians walking in that consciousness that God has glorified me, we spend our time, and this is the work of the devil, we spend our time looking for what was never missing. Somebody say amen. Amen. You're looking for a glory that was never missing. You were just ignorant of it. But that it was missing is not the truth. Hallelujah. Now quickly, let me say a few things in addition to that about this glory we talk about. This glory with which we've been glorified cannot be defined in any way by material things. Five luxurious cars is not glory. Neither is it evidence of the glory. Houses all around in highbrow areas, very costly things, is not glory. Neither can it be agreed upon to be the manifestation of glory. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So the fact that you don't look like somebody who came out from a Fortune 500 magazine. And you see, that is part of how the enemy has deceived the people of God. He has given us wrong indices to adjudge who we are. You don't carry the glory of God so that you can be popular. You don't carry the glory of God so that people all around can make you a celebrity. You don't carry the glory of God for material things, for material gain and things like that. No, no, a thousand times no. And we must read our minds of that because for as long as that is what we're thinking of, we will fall short. We will fall short of the importance and the possibilities and the power and the purpose of the glory of God, which he has given us. Hallelujah. Now, let me start our Bible verses this morning from one we know well, Romans 3.23. And there the Bible tells us the common state of all men apart from Christ. Romans chapter 3 verse 23 says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. So the Bible helps us know here that the state of men apart from the work of Christ is one of having fallen short of the glory. Hallelujah. Another way of putting that is that man without the work of redemption is man without the glory of God. And this is why you cannot use anything ephemeral to adjudge the presence of the glory of God in a man's life. Because before Jesus came and did the work of redemption, men had fallen short of the glory, yet they were very prosperous. Are you with me? Prosperity is not evidence of the glory. Hallelujah. Are you with me this morning? 
Money is not evidence of the glory because before Jesus came and did his work of redemption, men were prosperous. Even after Jesus had done his work of redemption, today as we speak, we still have a lot of people who have not embraced, received, even heard of the redemptive work of Jesus, and they are popular, famous, rich. You look at them, it seems as if they don't even have a care in the world. Yet, they have fallen short of the glory of God. So it's important for you as a child of God to free your understanding of defining the glory of God in a man's life by things that can be bought, things that can be paid for, things that men who don't have Jesus can have and operate by it. Listen to me. If a man who does not have Jesus has it, it is not glory. If a man who does not have Jesus can operate it, it is not the glory of God. If a man who does not have Jesus can express it, it is not the glory of God. Hallelujah. It is not the glory of God as given to us in Christ Jesus. It is not the glory with which you have been glorified. Again, it tells us that being a Christian is actually being set in a completely different class of life. We cannot overemphasize that. We cannot overestimate that truth until every Christian realizes that being a Christian sets me in a completely different class of life which cannot be adjudged by what I bring out from my pocket or the transfers I can make, the things I purchase, the fame, the popularity that attends my way, the ease and the comforts of life. Every Christian must come to that realization. If not, we will constantly function at lesser than he has provided for us to function. You are different from the world. The glory with which he has glorified you makes you different from the world. Hallelujah. Now, what is glory? We should talk a little about that. Usually when you talk about glory, particularly in the sphere of spiritual and religious things, people start talking about, of course, the weightiness, talks about beauty, talk about brilliance, talk about light, the effulgence of light, talk about what else, uh, appeal, and those kind of things. And in a sense, all those things can in one way or the other be used to explain, understand, appreciate the word glory. But the word glory is deeper, stronger, and richer than merely those things. Are you with me this morning? What is the glory of a thing? The glory of a thing, let me start with the glory of a thing. The glory of a thing speaks of the true nature of that thing that confers on it its value. 
So glory is about nature. Glory is about the intrinsic character of a thing. Praise God. If it is beautiful, it is the glory of a thing because it is its nature. Beauty is its nature. Praise the Lord. If it's brilliant, I'm talking about effulgent light like a diamond. It's its nature. Do you get it? So when we talk about that the glory of God has been given to us, that we carry the glory of God, you need to understand it as we now carry what? The nature of God. The nature of God that has multi-dimensional and multifaceted characters to it. Hallelujah. The glory of God is the essence of God. It's nature. As he is. That which is intrinsic to his nature. He has given to us. Amen. Now, of course, by extension, that means that if we understand the glory of God in our lives and we learn how to function within and function by that glory, there are a lot of things we will be able to do in the world. Can I have an amen? amen? That others will not be able to do. Hallelujah. Did you get what I just said? If we understand that what God has given us in his glory is his nature, not just the ability to outshine and outclass people, because at times that's all we think about. Lord, glorify me. You know, there's, there's this song we used to sing. I don't know if it will fit in this particular line of thinking that I, you know. I remember in those days when we were back in medical school. And when we meet for fellowship a little while, maybe before exams. Um, they taught us the song and we started singing. And we are singing with tears in our eyes. And begging God and banging on the table and on the ground. Baby, it's okay. Hallelujah. You know the song, right? Baby's okay. Baby did it. Family was okay. King Ajwayelo. Go Ayemi. Beautiful song. And we will beat the table. It's <laughs> And all we're saying is, Allah, my jam, feel examine you. Baby, it's okay. Baby, today. Family was okay. King Gajwa, yellow. Ogo, Ayemi. Teku, Yodati. Family was okay. Everything is wrong with that song. Praise God. I don't know. You see, at times, the reason why I'm a bit cautious about picking on songs and saying certain things about them is I don't know what the person who sang the song was thinking or the context in which he was singing. But you see, for general stuff, praise God. Family was okay. 
magical prayer. What are you thinking? No, I'm serious. What are you thinking? Make me, like, like I, I, I asked someone a little while ago, I said, what, what can I do to help you? Say so everything you can do. You get? These things are common things that people say, but they are not the spirit of Christ. Hallelujah. Anyone who has Christ already in your nail will tell you in your law. You get? But you need to enter into that consciousness. And say, God has glorified me with his glory. His nature, his attributes, his ability. I carry the attributes of God. Somebody say amen. I carry the attributes of God. I'm not a dullard. Hallelujah. I'm not fearful in life. I'm not a pushover. I'm not a walkover. I carry the very attributes of God in me. Now, this is also why you must understand that sin cannot have dominion over you. Do, do you understand that? Do you understand that? Living in the consciousness of this glory with which he has glorified you helps you understand that sin cannot have dominion over you. I carry his glory. Hallelujah. Now, let's get into other scripture. Let's start with Colossians chapter 1, verse number 27. I know it's a verse of the Bible we all know very well. Colossians chapter number 1. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Amen. Are you there? Colossians 1.27. Are you a child of God? Are you a child of God? Place your hand on your chest and declare, thank you, Lord. I have your glory. Hallelujah. Colossians 1.27, if you're there, we'll read together. Are you there? One to go. To them, God wills to make known what are the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope. Of glory. Now, like I usually ask you, underline Christ in you, the hope of glory. So Christ in you is the confidence of glory. Hallelujah. Let me let me paraphrase that scripture and say, because you have Christ in you, you should be confident of his glory. Hallelujah. It is the Christ who is in you. That is the assurance. It is by the knowledge of the Christ that is in you that you are assured that his glory is in you. Christ in you. How many of you can say boldly, I know Christ is in me? Christ is in you. He is the confidence that you have, that you have a glory. He is your glory, his presence. 
It's the glory we're talking about. Hallelujah. But you see, like I've always told you, the work of Jesus Christ established eternal truth concerning us. Like 2 Corinthians 13 tells us in verse 5, he says, for nothing can be done against the truth, but for the truth. The truth that Jesus has established concerning you, nothing can obliterate it, nothing can negate it, nothing can counter it. Until we enter into eternity and for all eternity, as he has made it, it shall continue to be forever. Are you with me? The little challenge is your consciousness. What are you aware of? What is the consciousness that dominates and controls your living? That is the challenge. Now, there was nothing the devil could do about Jesus establishing the truth. Hallelujah. And after Jesus established the truth, there is nothing he can do about that truth. It is forever settled. But there's something he can do about what you are conscious of. And that is why he keeps us busy thinking and hoping truth will come to pass rather than having the attitude of faith that says if it is the truth, then it is my reality and I embrace it. So we keep praying God glorify me. Hallelujah. The glory of my life, let it shine out, don't let it be long. We're still praying. We are praying that things that already are should be. Here's a young man. It will be foolishness to be praying, God, make Brother Michael a young man. He's a male. It will be foolishness to say, God, one day, one day, please make him a male. She's a female. It will be foolishness to say, what, Lord, please, whatever you can do. Ah, Touch her, touch her, touch her, let her become a male. Touch her, touch her, touch her, let her become a male. Touch her, oh Lord, touch her. Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. Let her become a male. It's foolishness. But that's what we do in church. Instead of saying, Lord, let her enter into the consciousness that she is female. Do you get that? That's what you do. You don't pray that a female, oh sorry, I think I made a mistake. You don't pray that a female should become a female. It's like praying that a Christian should become a Christian. It's the same foolishness that the glorified we pray should be glorified. Hallelujah. I'll show you a scripture in line with that. Hallelujah. Now let's go to Romans chapter number eight. Christ in you, the assurance of a life of glory. Not in the future, right now, hallelujah. Are you born again? I have a glorified life. I live a glorified life. 
It's now to learn how to live the glorified life. I have a glorified life, but now I must learn how to live the glorified life. And there is no begging along the pathway of living a glorified life. There's no begging. Do you get? God, help me to live a glorified life. No, no. If there's anything you do, you say, Lord, teach me how. Teach me how to live in this glory that you have given me. Teach me how to live by this glory you have given me. Romans chapter 8, are you there? And we read from verse number 28. Okay, uh, let's just read from 28. It says, and we know, all right, sorry, let's do 20. Let's go to 29 for time's sake. Are you there? Are you in Romans 8, 29? Romans 8, 29. See, a number of us didn't come to church with our Bibles. In MICC, we come to church with what? We, we come to church with? So please and please come to church with your Bible. Romans chapter 8, verse 29. Want to go. For whom he foreknew, he also to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Verse 30. Moreover, whom he predestined, these he also called, and whom he called, these he also justified, and whom he justified, these he also... Hallelujah! Hallelujah. Lift your hand and say, I am glorified. I I was called... Hallelujah, I was predestined, therefore I was called, I was justified, and I was glorified. Can you say that with me? I was predestined, I was was called, I I answered. answered. Did you answer? Did you answer when we were called? So I was predestined, I was called, I answered. Therefore, he justified me, and after justifying me, hey, look at me, he has glorified me. Somebody say amen. Now, listen, what we have read is the truth, but that truth, that truth is eternal and will do you no good except you carry it in your consciousness. Hallelujah. You've got to carry it in your consciousness. When you enter into the cab, enter with the consciousness of this is the glorified one entering the cab. When you enter into a place, enter into the place of a consciousness that his glory just entered this place. Hallelujah. When you enter into the hall, the exam tomorrow, don't just Enter like one 300 level student who is hoping for mercy. Enter with the consciousness that the glorified one is about to write an exam. Yeah, look, I ain't lying. But it's just an example. Everything you do, approach it with a consciousness that you carry his glory. I told you his glory is, is not magic. It's not. It's, it's his nature. 
Hallelujah. Which means I can call to remembrance. I can call for memory for things that I had read in this exam. Lord, thank you because there's knowledge in your glory that surpasses what I'm being asked. There's knowledge, there's power in his glory that can attend to any situation. And the church needs to start living in the consciousness that he has glorified us. He predestined us. He called us. He justified us. And he glorified us with his glory. John 17, 22. I can do it. His glory is with me. Hallelujah. Do you hear that? You can do it. His glory is with you. You can handle it. His glory is with you. You can live that magnitude of life. His glory is with you. You don't have to be defeated. His glory is with you. You don't have to carry that memory of failure or abuse all the days of your life. His glory is with you. Hallelujah. You don't have to. John chapter 17, and we read from verse number 22. This is Jesus speaking. Are you there? John chapter 17 and verse number 22. The Bible says, Jesus speaking, let's read together. And the glory which you gave me, I have given them. Hallelujah. So I didn't finish, right? So let's read it again. Verse 22. One to go. And the glory which you gave me, I have given them that they may be one just as we are one. The this is Jesus saying, the glory you gave me, I have given them. Say, Jesus, thank you for giving me the glory that you were given. Says the glory which you gave me, I have given them. So the question is, where is it? Hallelujah. Where is it? How many of you know Jesus did not lie? You know Jesus did not lie. If Jesus said, the glory that you gave me, I have given them, then indeed, he has given to us. Yes? We just saw, he says he has glorified us. How many of you know that indeed you have been glorified? So the question is, where is the evidence of his glorification in our lives. If it is true that we have received the glory, if it is true that we have been glorified, do we in any way live a life that proves that we have been glorified? Hallelujah. 
And that is the issue here. It is not okay for you to possess the most powerful, the most beautiful, the most purposeful, the most potential items in the world and for it not to reflect in your life. But again, before we tie that up, it's to remind ourselves of what this glory is. This glory essentially are the attributes of the nature of God. So the question we're asking is, to what extent are the attributes of God orchestrating victory in our lives? Amen. Now, let us quickly look at what you can call the attributes of God, particularly as shown to us in the New Testament. Praise God. Romans chapter 6 and verse number 4. Let us see in very practical and tangible terms the glory that you have received. Hallelujah. The glory which you have received. So you will understand who this glory is and then from there we'll understand how to walk manifesting that glory. Romans chapter number six, verse number four. The Bible says, therefore we were buried with him through baptism unto death that just as Christ was raised from the dead by who? The glory of the Father even so we also should walk in newness of life. Who is the glory of the Father? The Holy Spirit. Praise God. Amen. So when we talk about you have been glorified, when we talk about the glory of God is with you, we're actually making reference to the Holy Spirit who has now been brought into our lives. He is the glory of the Father. He is the glory of God in us. He is the personality that exemplifies and effulges the totality of the nature and the attributes of God. And please understand this, that the Holy Spirit is not in bits and pieces. He's a person. Hallelujah. He is what? A person. When you get married and your spouse moves into your house or you move into your spouse's house, they don't come little by little, do they? Hallelujah. Do they? Their property may come little by little, but they enter once and for all. Or would you like that on the day after your, or the day of your wedding, praise God, your wife's head moves in, And you're waiting for the first anniversary for the first right, the right hands to move in. No. The Holy Spirit is a person that we received. Hallelujah. The Holy Spirit is who? A person that you've received in your life. And he and his presence is what the glory of the Father is about you. That's the glory 
Hallelujah. The glory is not an effect. The glory is not a product. The glory is a person with all his attributes. Amen. And his presence in your life is your glorification. But his work in your life is what manifests the evidence of the glory. So when we're talking about we're glorified people, and to what extent do our lives actually show the world or manifest the glory with which we have been glorified, the question we're asking is, to what extent is the Holy Spirit able to have expression in our lives? Hallelujah. To what extent is the Holy Spirit able to have expression in our lives? Quickly, let's look at a series of things that are possible expressions of the Holy Spirit in our lives. The first one, let's read from Isaiah chapter number 11. Isaiah chapter 11. And we read from verse number one. There shall come forth a rod from the stem of Jesse, and a branch shall grow out of his roots. The Spirit of the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise God. Are you with me? It says, The Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him. The spirit of wisdom and understanding or the spirit of wisdom and the spirit of understanding, the spirit of counsel and the spirit of might, the spirit of knowledge and the spirit of the fear of the Lord. Praise God. So from this scripture, we can say that first off, amongst other things, there can be seven things first out, first to look out of for in the life of the glorified. Evidence of glory in your life. Number one, the spirit of the Lord, meaning the spirit of dominion. Hallelujah. Evidence of the glory. You are not oppressed. You dominate. Hallelujah. Now by that, I don't mean you, are the one, you take over the bank and you become the CEO. No. I'm talking about that you administrate the spiritual dealings and the consequent you know, expressions and events that happen in places. The spirit of the Lord is the spirit of dominion. And it is an expression of the glory with which you have been glorified. Things that orchestrate counsels contrary to the will of God 
should be stopped because we have been glorified. Are you with me? Because we have been glorified. Because we have the glory. Evidence of the glory in our lives is that we are not oppressed. Rather, we dominate. In the name of Jesus, particularly those of you who have oppressive dreams, in the name of the Lord Jesus, by the glory of God that you carry, from this moment, all those oppressive dreams and events come to an end. Dreaming somebody's chasing you, something is afflicting you, and so on and so forth. The Spirit of the Lord is with you. It's an operation of dominion. Hallelujah. Nobody should dominate your sleep time. No devil should make intrusions into your dream life. You carry the spirit of the Lord. Hallelujah. So number one from there is the spirit of Lordship. You are not a candidate for oppression. And listen, oppression does not stop by begging. Hallelujah. Oppression comes when you, oppression rather ends when you awaken or when you sensitize the oppressor to the presence of his superior power. Child of God, what I'm telling you this morning is, the superior power is in you. Are you with me? The superior power. You carry a power that is superior to every power that has ever oppressed you or tried to oppress you. And that's what the glory carries. In the name of Jesus, no more oppressions. I said in the name of Jesus, no more oppressions. And you need to just be awakened. You need to just be awakened. If you're going to bed and usually you're afraid of sleep. I know people who, who are afraid of sleeping because they can't have a night's sleep and something will not show up. To disturb them. Tonight you declare before you go to bed. I carry the glory of God. I have the spirit of the Lord. I dominate. The spirit of the Lord dominates in my dream life. In my sleep tonight. It's the spirit of the Lord. No contrariness shows up. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. You are glorified. You carry his glory. You are not a weakling. You are not a weakling. Can I say that again? You are not a weakling. You are not looking for, you're not looking for mercy. You're not looking for pity. You're not looking for some, you're just, no, no, no. You are infinitely more powerful. Hallelujah. When you wake up, they can't get you. When you wake up to who is in you, the greater one on your inside, the glory of God with which he has glorified you, 
you walk in victory. Number two, it says the spirit of wisdom. Hallelujah. Now, wisdom is not cunning craftiness. Wisdom is not cunning, cunning. Wisdom is not cunning man die, cunning man bury him. No. Wisdom is not a means by which to outclass and outsmart your contemporaries. Give me wisdom so that I'll just be ahead of all of them. That's not wisdom. Praise God. That's not wisdom. Wisdom is this operation of the spirit of God in a man's life that just keeps him in the righteousness of God at all times. Praise God. Wisdom can be as simple as forgiving somebody. Praise God. Can be what? As simple as forgiving someone. Wisdom can be as simple as saying hello to somebody with whom you are offended. Wisdom is not about gain. The mystery of wisdom by which we acquire and gain and we collect. No. Wisdom is about giving you God's possible best outcome. Told you before, it's an operation of the spirit by which a man consistently gets God's the best possible outcome. When faced with a myriad of options. I like talking about John chapter 8. They came to Jesus. They said, Moses says, this woman caught in adultery should be stoned. That's what the law says. He says, what do you say? And it was a strategy. What they wanted was to box him in a corner. Jesus knew that if he said, stone her, that was a very terrible outcome. But of course, the law would have been fulfilled. But then... He would have validated the law and, and shown them that there was no need for the work of redemption he came to do. Then, of course, he would have sent a woman to hell. If he said, leave her alone, then they would have said that he was accommodating and condoning sin. So it was a dicey situation. But look at wisdom. First off, he said nothing. Wisdom can be as simple as shut up. You hear me? This is your opinion, 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 opinion. Keep your mouth shut. Keep your opinion to yourself. Eventually he knew he was going to talk. But then he bent down and he was doing things. All right? At times, wisdom is just patience. Just patience. At times, wisdom is change focus. Praise God. And then when he will speak to them, again, wisdom at times is the obvious things. Just stating what is obvious. He said, he who is without sin, let him cast the first stone. And that was it. Then the Bible says that when they had all left, 
Praise God. There's another aspect of wisdom there. Wisdom could be as simple as telling people what you should tell them when you are alone with them. You get? The Bible says, when they had all left and she was alone in his presence, he now said, neither do I condemn you. Go and send no So wisdom is not as highfalutin as many times we think wisdom is. And the reason why we think wisdom has to be that highfalutin is because many times what we want to accomplish is not what wisdom is working out. One of the things you need to strike out from the kind of things we say as wisdom in church, Lord, let my enemies live long enough that they may see what I become. Praise God. These are things that are killing the spirit of wisdom. Praise God. And that is why many people who are praying that prayer never have that prayer answered. The, for most of them, the issue isn't that the, en- the, the enemy died before that time. It's that because that heart exists, God does not make anything of such men. Get rid of those things. And embrace wisdom. Let our lives show through wisdom. Wisdom can be as simple as having nothing in your heart towards people. You were the one who was offended and you are the one who is working to resolve issues. Patience. Self-control is wisdom. Hallelujah. My wife was telling me a few days ago about... um, Okay, one of our sisters who had graduated had posted on her status about a young boy who was stabbed. He was stabbed, a little boy in the secondary school who was stabbed to death. And what happened? They went somewhere. I think he stepped on the foot of maybe a gang member. They apologized and the guy was still making a lot of noise, the gang member and the brother to the little boy Said, ah, but we've come, we apologize now, so on and so forth. And the guy just. <laughs> Praise God. Do you know what wisdom is at times? You know what wisdom is at times? Emma Benoel Emma Ah, Edjumilo. Oba. At times, that is the wisdom that is needed. At times, that is the wisdom. And they can say, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm so, so sorry. Please forgive me. Please forgive me. Please. So you didn't do anything. Please forgive me. Of course, there are other times when the wisdom will be holy anger. Say, leave this place. Yes, that's wisdom too. The Lord will let you know. But you have his glory, and those things are yours to live by. Number three, understand it. There is a way men of glory process things. Hallelujah. This economy is very hard. They want to kill us. Glory doesn't talk like that. How many of you know Sister Glory? Brother Glorinko. You know, glory doesn't talk like that. Because glory does not look at 
dollar exchange rate and by that make deductions about his destiny. You hear me? There is a way glory thinks, processes information. The soonness of glory is different. Glory does not look at delay in his life and see it as his destruction. Glory processes things differently. I'm showing you some little expressions of the glory in your life. You must allow it to express itself. It is not the day you drive your Prado into premises. They say, ha, see glory. No. That's not it. It's your daily living. How much of the supplies and the dealings of the Holy Spirit we can see in your daily living. You get that? Humility is glory. Ah, hallelujah. Did you get that? Humility is what? Do you agree? Do you think so? That humility is glory. I don't think, I don't think people want to agree that humility is glory. This is glory. Even if humility is glory, this is more glorious than humility. Don't you prefer that? Praise God. No, on a serious note, how many of you as ladies will want to marry a man who humble as a gazer? Yeah, 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 you guys, yeah, yeah. Well, Many of you will not like that the man you marry enters and there are young people around and going around and say, hello, how are you? How are you? How is it? Ah, ah, come here. We don't see me. I'm going to call you. Why are you here? I'm going to call you. But if when you enter, you're like, wow, come on. She will not hold your hands. But humility is glory. There's nothing glorious about pride. Generosity is glory. There's nothing glorious about greed. Hallelujah. So we process things differently, understanding. I need to, I'm going to stop on the next one, right? That the spirit of counsel, instruction, well instructed. Amen. You see, one of the things about a man of glory is that when people encounter him, they sense he has been trained. Because glory trains. Amen. Glory trains people. Glory trains. Trains you. You know what to do. You know how to do things. And meeting people, you know what kind of things are appropriate to say. And what kind of things are inappropriate to say? Part of your considerations of, of what to say to people is kindness. You get? Being careless and jocular does not make you lose your kindness in your communication with people. People, people just go, like, Gow! 
It is evidence of a lack of recognition of glory. Spirit is not operating. Bow. You see, please let me say this. If you're one of those people who thinks everything is a joke, there's a big problem there. If you think everything can be made a joke of, there's a big problem there. Think everything should be responded with or responded to as a joke. There's a problem there. Because glory makes you sensitive. The, on the other hand, being critical of people is also not right. But the spirit of the Lord in our lives gives us counsel. Then number five is might, abilities. Ability, ability, ability. This is one area where we need in ourselves as children of God to believe more and more and act more and more. We are infinitely more powerful than we recognize. Did you get what I just said? We are infinitely more powerful than we recognize. We can do much more than we ever have come to realize. We can touch more lives. We can bring about more good. We can change our nation. We can change our families. We can change the health states and statuses of people. We can change things because of the glory that we carry. We're infinitely more powerful than we recognize. That's the spirit of might. And then it says the spirit of knowledge, truth. It's the spirit that brings to our consciousness the truth, 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 truth. The truth, the truth as it is in Christ Jesus. Knowledge of the truth. It's not just knowledge of everything and anything. It's knowledge of the truth because the spirit himself is truth. Praise God. So knowledge of truth, which means that as a child of God, glorified in Christ Jesus, your life is meant to be inundated with the knowledge of truth. Hallelujah. At times, you can't even explain the truth, but you see and hear certain things and you know inside of you that this that I'm seeing, this that I'm hearing, is not meant to be that way. Why? You know the truth on your inside and the truth bears witness to you that this you are seeing and this you are hearing is not the truth. You may not be able to say how, why it is that way, but you just know. Hallelujah. And the child of God today, now more than ever before, Every child of God needs to allow this work of the Spirit in their lives. You need to know the truth. Of course, you know it's the truth that makes you free. It's the acknowledging of the truth that accords with godliness. So the truth is critical. And then finally, it talks about the fear of the Lord. And I think I'm going to talk a little about that. Because... Dear brothers and sisters, are you with me? Because we are New Testament people, 
we seem to think that fearing God is a thing of the past. Now, listen to me. The fear of God is not attached to the covenant or the law. The fear of God is a spiritual operation. Are you with me? The fear, the reverence of the Lord is not attached to the law. It's not attached to the old covenant or the new covenant. The fear of the Lord is of the spirit of God. Why do men fear God? It is not because they have been commanded to fear God. It is because the spirit they have received is a spirit that breeds the fear of God. You can't tell me you're a child of God and you don't fear the Lord. Now, fear of the Lord is not being petrified of the Lord. Fear of the Lord is holy reverence and respect. Hallelujah. Now, I'm going to say this without mincing words, that we have a generation of people now who have little or no reverence for the Lord. We have picked up cultures, even in church, that show that we have quieted, we have silenced the spirit of the fear of the Lord. I've said this before, case in point, simple case in point, you get, how can you be worshiping the Lord and you're recording yourself? Uma Me to me, sir, if you are talking to me and you're recording yourself, I'll be asking you, what's, what's this about? But the fear of the Lord is no, little or no regard for the Lord. Joseph, when he was presented with the opportunity to have something to do with Potiphar's wife said, how can I do this? Against God. How? You know that thing that makes you feel on the inside? I can't do this. Many people have lost it. People don't even, what? People come to church now, not even considering the fact that the presence of the Lord is here, that this is a gathering in the name of the Lord. We do all kinds of things. Our hearts are not there. We worship from afar. Our concentration is on other things. We're grumbling, we're complaining. We're more caught up in other things than attention to the Lord. One of the things the fear of the Lord breeds is attention to the Lord. 
This is why I get a bit upset when, for instance, we're having a service or we're having a prayer meeting and where we're worshiping or we're, we're praying, I see people carry their phones. They're going to plug it. They're taking advantage. Go and plug phones. It's gone. If you were in a meeting with the president of Nigeria, and all of us were seated, the last time they brought light in your house was last year. That means your phone has drained, has drained in, it has drowned, it has battery half bafuka. You enter, it's covered. Ah, see, this is not just ordinary light, this is full light. National kick. And then the president is speaking. Do you know that even amongst men, if they say all dignitaries should be seated by 4.15, you get? Because the president is going to arrive by 4.30 or so. Don't be seated now. That's the end. Protocol will keep you out. But you see, because in church, the angels of God are no longer permitted to be slapping people. I tell you, if an angel slaps you, they won't slap you with their might. It's like a tap. They just tap you small. Just And that's the end of sleep for weeks. Doctors will not be able to help you. Well, all that is by the side. But please and please, please and please, irrespective of what is happening in church, irrespective of what's happening in generation, in your own heart as a child of God, let the fear of God be present. Train yourself as one who carries the consciousness and lives consciously in the fear of God. These are just a few of the things that the Holy Spirit brings into our lives. That's the glory. The manifestations of the glory are the things the Holy Spirit brings into our lives and it makes happen. You talk about the fruit of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit is the glory of God. Love, joy, patience, goodness, kindness, long-suffering. All those things are the glory of God. We don't see a loving person as a glorious person. We don't see a patient person as a glorious person. No, he's not radiating glory. Long-suffering person, no. Ah, Sorry, what is long-suffering in Yoruba? Okay, thank you. Sorry. Thank you. Thank you. All right? But we don't see those who are going through things. Are you with me? Going through difficult things and going through it well is evidence of glory. As a matter of fact, those are the people we say, let me take you to a prayer meeting for they have stolen your glory. 
Let them pray for you. That glory must be returned. Hallelujah. But we don't see it. See, it takes understanding spiritual things to understand. All right? That the long suffering is glory. I had a sister once who was going through challenges in her life and met someone, I think, and they said, what was your name? And they said her parents named her Endurance. Say, how can they name you Endurance? As if Endurance is not a fruit of the Spirit. Praise God. Glory to God. Are you ready for a life of glory? If you want to see the fullness of the glory of the Lord, then you have to keep in step with the Spirit. Because many things he wants to do and express in your lives at times are things that you don't even understand. It doesn't mean it is not glory. It may just make you look as if things are not working the way you want them to. But continue. Love, patience, goodness, kindness. We don't boast about people who are good and kind. Patient people, no. Do you know, as a matter of fact, impatient people get more traffic than patient people? Can, let me put it this way. Let me put it this way. This is a practical experience. Bad drivers have more people talking about them than good drivers. Am I correct? Have you also noticed that bad boys and bad girls get more conversation than good boys and good girls? It's the nature of the fallen world. But now, let me put in a caveat except in the realm of those who have been glorified and taught. Do you get? Those of us who have received the glory of God don't talk more about bad people than good people. And that's the way the church is meant to be. That's why if a church is really walking in the glory of God, it is not about our size, it's not about the comforts, it's not about our fame, it is about the spirit that is operating there. Which, like I'm saying, will get more people talking about good and not bad. No matter how beautiful, mighty a place is, if there is gossip, which is usually discussion of bad. Once there is gossip, the glory of God is questionable there. Hallelujah. The glory of God is a questionable issue there. Amen. So please and please embrace the truth. You have been glorified. You carry the glory of God. You have the Holy Spirit. The Christ in you is the assurance of that glory. The work of the Holy Spirit is in, in you is the operation and the effect of the glory of God in your life. And as you learn to flow with the work of the Holy Spirit in your life, you will manifest the glory of God in your life. You will manifest the glory of God in your life. 
I said you will manifest the glory of God in your life. The manifestation of God's glory doesn't just fall on people's life by accident. You get? There are a lot of things we need to understand in church. Just like I've told you before, purpose, fulfillment, and destiny are not by chance. They are by leading and obedience. Leading and obedience. You should be able to find God's leading and walk in it. Glory to God. Let us have a word of prayer. Bow your head. For all those who know that they have received the glory of God in their lives, Christ in you, the hope of glory. I want you to take a minute or so to acknowledge the glory of God in your life. Just close your eyes and say, Lord, I thank you. I acknowledge the glory of God in my life. I thank you, Jesus, making it possible that I, Ulushola, carry the glory of God. Thank you that the glory you were given, Jesus, you gave to me. Thank you that after you predestined me, you called me. You justified me and you glorified me. Thank you. Now I arise and I shine. My light has come. The glory of the Lord is risen upon me. I live the life of the glorified. I do not live a life of fear. I do not live an oppressed life. I do not live an incapacitated life. I do not live a fearful life. Rather, I operate in the spirit of dominion. I operate in the spirit of wisdom. In the spirit of understanding. Thank you, Lord, that my understanding is from above. Thank you, Lord, that my processing of information is informed by spiritual truth. I see things differently. I see things correctly. I understand correctly every issue in life. My perspectives are a product of the glory of God in my life. Ah, uh, my perspectives are free from the influence of the world, experiences, and the things that surround me. My perspectives, my understanding is given to me by the glory of God. I thank you, my Lord. When it comes to knowledge, I know the right things. The things that I know are truth by the Spirit of the Lord. The things that I know, the information that is mine, the revelations that are present with me, they are truth 
eternally settled truth provided for in Christ Jesus. No matter what is happening on the outside, I know better. And no matter what people are saying, I know better. Whatever people know about the situations, the circumstances, the experiences, the difficulties, the ease, the beauty of this world in which we are. Thank you. I know better. I know truth. The world may know facts of life, but I know eternal truth. And I live by eternal truth. I thank you, my Lord, for the spirit of might that is at work in me. I thank you that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Thank you for capacity. Ha! Thank you for capacity. Thank you for ability. Thank you for ability. Thank you for capacity. I can do what is appointed for me to do. I can go where has been appointed for me to go. I can be what has been appointed for me to be. Thank you for the spirit of might. Thank you for the spirit of counsel. I am well advised in the spirit. Mm, glory to God. I thank you, Lord. I am well advised in the spirit. I am well advised in the spirit. I am instructed. I am instructed. I am instructed. I am instructed. I am wise. I am wise by the spirit. The glory of God in my life manifests great wisdom and dominion in every aspect of my life. The fear of the Lord. Thank you, Lord. Every way in which I have compromised on reverence for you. Today I repent. I receive your forgiveness. And I ask in the name of Jesus that the spirit of the fear of the Lord takes over in my life. I invite that the spirit of the fear of the Lord to take over my life. From my waking till I go to bed at night. Let my life be dominated, influenced by the spirit of the fear of the Lord. I choose to have reverence for you. To hallow you in my mind. To hallow you in my mind in my thoughts to respect you, in my words to respect you, in my actions to respect you, in my choices to honor you, in my dressing to honor you, in what I use my money for to honor you.
in my relationships to honor you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father, because we all walk the earth as manifestations of your glory. Wherever we go, it's time, it's time that the glory of the Lord be revealed and all flesh will see it together. Bible says the mountains shall be brought low, the valleys shall be exalted, the rough places shall be made smooth. The crooked paths shall be made straight. The glory of the Lord shall be revealed. And all flesh shall see together. We declare over our lives today. That by the spirit of the Lord. The glory of the Lord will be made known in our land. And men shall testify to it. Thank you, our Father. I use this time to, can I invite all of you who have exams very soon to stand to your feet as we pray? Heavenly Father, thank you because all things are possible by your glory present these young men and women to you Lord first off thanking you for the deposit of your glory in their lives hallelujah hallelujah we give you praise because the truth is that what it takes for every one of them to have outstanding results has already been deposited in them as your spirit who is in them. So my prayer this morning, Lord, is that within the next few days as they prepare for their exams, that the spirit of the Lord will gain ascendancy. I pray, my Father, first off, Spirit of the Lord, breed in them the discipline, the endurance, the strength to do the work. Create in every one of them right now an appetite to pick up those books and to absorb the information. Give them the appetite. Create in them the appetite. Those who have their minds scattered all over the place because of all kinds of things. I ask in the name of Jesus. Let their minds be freed from every distraction and encumbrance in the name of Jesus. I asked my father, let every mind now be settled. Fear be gone. Anxiety be gone. I rebuke confusion. 
Where do I start? Hear the word of the Lord now. As you leave and you pick your book this afternoon, the Spirit of the Lord shall tell you, start here. You will know. You will know. You will be helped to know where to start. You will be helped to know where to start. Does God not know where you should start? Is he not living in you? Therefore in the name of Jesus, the God who knows where you should start, who resides in you by his spirit, will come through for you this afternoon. And then you will start. And by the grace of God, you will enjoy it. Because you will understand it. And by the Spirit of the Lord, he will help you with a mental process that builds the thing into shelves and compartments by which you will remember. Amen. I pray for you that a filing system that does not fail be granted to you from the Spirit of the Lord. All the information that you require, the Lord will teach you how to file it correctly. Did you hear that? In the name of Jesus, Lord, your spirit in their lives will help them to file correctly all the information in bits and groups. It's coming together in clusters. It's coming together in clusters. Information, it's being pieced together in groups that will not be lost in the name of Jesus. Lord grant you grace to study all that you should study. By the help of the Spirit, you will not waste your time. I particularly pray for you that there will be no distractions. You will be able to stay off your, so your phones. People around you will not disturb you. It's a, it's a prayer for discipline I'm praying for you. In the name of Jesus, the Spirit of the Lord help you to be disciplined. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Now, Father, when the exams start, glory to you. We worship you. We honor you. We honor you. You who holds the secret of kings' hearts in your hands. I pray, Father, that the questions when your people see them, that they will be glad. Because you would have prepared them for these questions. I pray, Father, by the help of your Holy Spirit, that every one of them will be helped to interpret correctly. They will understand, understand exactly what their examiner is requiring of them. And again, they shall be glad because they shall discover that they have the answers. Lord, I pray you bless them with grace for presentation. That they will be able to articulate with excellence and accuracy the answers that will give them. We just talked about the spirit of wisdom. We ask that the spirit of wisdom will help them 
to piece together in the most beautiful and mark-worthy form the answers that will satisfy, that will please their examiners in the name of Jesus. They will not forget. They will remember. They will recall. And they will write well. Again, I pray for all those who have difficulties writing. Illegible handwriting. Writing in English and phrases and syntax and grammar that is problematic. Today I ask that your mercy will speak. Help them. There's nothing you can't do. There's nothing you can't do. We ask that you help them. Help them to write legibly. Help them to write comprehensively. Let them see they don't need to write lengthy sentences. It's simple, straightforward things. That make it easier. In the name of Jesus. So we lift our hands and we worship you for our forthcoming examples. We give you thanks, we give you glory. We give you honor. Thank you for preparing your people. Thank you for giving them good success. Your name is glorified. They definitely shall come back to testify to your glory. Thank you, Heavenly Father. I also pray at this moment, as I place a demand upon them in their minds and in the spirit, in the name of Jesus, none of you, absolutely none of you, I instruct by the Spirit in the name of Jesus. None of you, absolutely none of you, that seeks to enjoy the grace of God, none of you, in the name of Jesus again, I say none of you, none of you will participate in exam malpractice. I place this demand upon you by the Spirit of God. I instruct you in the name of the Lord Jesus. You will not participate in exam malpractices. The Lord will make it easy for you and unnecessary. But even if you find difficulty, you will be more honorable than to cheat. No child of God is a cheat. No child of God is a cheat. I also pray for you that those who don't belong to Jesus who want to put you in trouble, the Lord will protect you from them. Therefore, again, I charge you in the name of Jesus, do all things well. Prepare well. Have your pens, have your materials for yourself. As a rule, as you go for the moment you enter into the exam, all interactions cease. 
the Lord will honor you for doing right. And you shall return with testimonies. We give you glory and praise, Heavenly Father. Glory to God. That was a powerful time of fellowship brought to you by MICC Global through our lead pastor, Reverend Olushola Olayemi. We believe you've been greatly blessed and we will definitely love to hear from you. Masterpiece in Christ Church is located at Tanke Okyodo Ilori. This and all other messages are available to you on our website at www.miccng.org and on our social media handles on Facebook, Mixilar, Twitter, Instagram and TikTok all with MICC Global. You can also subscribe to our YouTube channel at Masterpiece in Christ Church or call 081-214-733-19 081-214-733-19 For support or donation, kindly send to the following details 101-6125-314 6125314. The account name is Masterpiece in Christ Church. Bank name is UBA. Masterpiece in Christ Church. We are Jesus everywhere.